Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is an artist-to-artist interview podcast where we talk to our friends about life, music, and everything in between. Most of the time, we're artists ourselves, a duo called Sleeping Lion. But we started this podcast to dive deeper into what it means to be an artist and creative. If you're a fan of us, our podcast, or our community, feel free to join our Discord at sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord. Now on with the show. We recorded this episode with our friend and co-writer, M. I first met M through our mutual friend, Johnny Shore. And at the end of 2019, we had a songwriting session together, which culminated in our song, Casper. We recorded this before the release of her song, Valley Girl, and our song, Casper, which we wrote together. M is an amazing songwriter and collaborator who's taking her first steps into her artist project. We hope you enjoy this episode. So, without further ado. I'm M, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> Good. Welcome. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing well. <laughs> no, Noah's welcome is so foreboding. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to be here and to see your beautiful faces Thank and you. to be welcome back. back. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> it's it's funny because uh, you know, I don't think you've been up in the studio because we wrote on the piano. Yes. We came up here very briefly to right. sit outside, but yeah, ha- didn't actually work in the studio. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Usually, for for the listeners back home, our workflow is we have a, you know, let's we'll, we'll brag a little bit. We have a nice piano downstairs. Yeah, and we, we 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 write on the piano, and then when we are done writing the song, we come upstairs and we record the song. Yeah, but when it came to Casper, which we all wrote together, mm-hmm. we just liked writing it down there, and yeah. the voice memo. Sounded great, and we didn't know what to do past the wish. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's that's the day. We'll figure yeah. it out later, you know? I have to say, I think there's something so magical about a song just sounding so good without any of the, you know, bells and whistles mm-hmm. of production. Just on a piano, on a guitar, just stripped down. If it sounds good, that's that's gold. Like, that's the best. Well, that's that's what I like. I appreciate about... Because, uh, you know, when you, when you make... I, I think what people sometimes fail to realize is how important some of the demo decisions are. Yeah. Like, I think that a lot of people think, oh, it's a demo, you know, don't worry about it. And there are things about a demo you shouldn't worry about, like the scratch vocals, you know. Yeah. Although sometimes you should worry about it because that's sometimes the most... In, like eight times out of ten, you end up using the scratch yeah. vocals. Yeah. <laughs> the most raw emotion that you <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. you know, because you're right in the moment. You're present. Um, you know, sometimes, like, maybe you don't have, like, the sonics of a drum part right or whatever, yeah. and that's... Whatever, that's fine. But there are certain like bigger decisions. I think people sometimes don't realize that in demos that um, may seem inconsequential at the time, but then yeah. wind up surviving until the final piece. And one of the things I appreciate about the demo of Casper is that you kept our voice memo. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're in it, you can hear your voice. Oh, like, yeah. you know, in the intro. Like, yeah. I'd love that it's shit. It's so you special. Know? Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those things where like it didn't have to happen that way. Yeah. You know, it could have been. You know, but I think we had such a good time all writing yeah, together. Yeah, it was that, so fun. Like you well, wanted to also, capture it. I, one thing I think is interesting about Casper is we wrote it in, I believe, September, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was looking recently as we were finishing the song. I was like, when did I make the first demo? And the first demo of Casper, at least the date on my computer, is like February 12th. Oh, wow. So there's like a very significant, like almost like six month gap between us writing the song and then that voice memo just kind of sat on a hard drive until one night I was like, I'm going to produce Casper like, in a kind of manic burst. And like, th- that, I think that, that was also part of the reason I ended up using the voice memos because I was like hearkening back to six months ago when we wrote the song and trying to recapture that feeling. Yeah. I think there's also something kind of spooky about just like people like playing a piano in a room. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, you know, like, and you have a ra- you know random random voice here and a random voice there. Yeah. going like, yeah, mm, that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, uh, we actually wound up like you know two years later, uh, the ending just putting a voice voice memo, uh, like like leaving our phone voice memo on and just like playing. The, the, the final chords. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Just, uh, how do we end it? Well, we end it with a piano that's recorded in the room. Yeah. In the space, but, you know, obviously two years, two years apart. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Um, that's so cool. But, uh, yeah, well, we, we, we don't need to talk about Casper. There'll be a whole, there's a whole episode. There's a whole Casper episode. A whole Casper episode <laughs> but it's good to see you again. Yeah. Because I so feel like it, it's almost like a, a symbol of like this kind of, I mean, the pandemic isn't over, but like a, a kind of, uh, well, now we're sort of back. 
Yeah. You know, we're all kind of back to doing what we were doing yeah. before this this crazy thing. As you asked us uh, pre-taping, yes. <laughs> how was your pandemic? <laughs> well, um, it was interesting. I think as for uh, a lot of creatives trying to figure out how to you know, be creative and productive in a time when it felt like the whole world was ending. It just was a, a weird time. And in a way, out of all the, you know, craziness that was happening, um, I felt like it was ultimately good for me because I kind of had a reality check about what I really wanted to do with my music and my life. And I spent so much time before just writing for other artists and, um, I love doing that, but I think a deep part of me was craving wanting to do my own thing and my own artist project. And um, yeah, I think just having that time to reflect and really think about what I wanted gave me the, you know, kind of courage to to really go for that and start exploring what that would be for me. And yeah. I think there was a lot of, a lot of that in the pandemic. I think that if you're a practical person, which I think you're a yes. practical person, <laughs> we're practical people, you kind of see, oh, okay, being an artist, it kind of sucks. Like it's okay. hard. Like, I would say most of being an artist kind of sucks. Kinda yeah. Sucks. Uh, from from a practical, financial, yes. et cetera, standpoint. Oh, absolutely. It's like, oh, cool. So now I need to be doing social media. Yes. Now I need to be making TikToks. Now yeah. I need to be spending money yeah. on marketing and this and that for no return. When you're a songwriter, you know, and you're taking you're taking a cut, you're not spending any money on that song and you're oh, yeah. potentially making money, which is, yeah. you know, all the better. Yeah. Like, so, uh, so if you're a practical person, like I, I you know, trying to make it in music and yes. make that your, your career, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to go into it from the writing production side. Yeah. Um, just from a risk like management standpoint. Yeah. But, um, there's something very nice about uh, having an artistry, you know, yeah. and having that. Having a say in what you want to write about. And um, I mean, I, I will say I still love writing with other artists. I will forever and always do it. And it's so fun. Um, but it, it kind of just made me feel so empowered to be able to think I can say what I want. I want to talk mm -hmm. about my own experiences and see if it, it connects with anyone else in the world. And yeah, it's just really cool. Well, and that's that's it's very exciting. That's like that's ultimately the things we I know you as as a yeah. writer. Like we, you know, we we met because of Johnny Shore, yep. and then uh, then we had the, the Casper session, and you know, and and I I know all all your collaborators, the many the many there are, but but then fi finding out that you're an artist and starting your artist project, like that's so cool. Like Thanks. that's that it. it I think that you're such a distinct writer and and what you bring to those rooms is very distinct and i know cuz i'm picky as hell like <laughs> like i think that being able to express that in a way where nobody you're not trying to filter it through somebody else's is lens yeah. is, is exciting. Plus, you know how to work with other writers yeah. and how to bring them into what you want yeah. out of it. I think that like i really i, I love writing with you and i love writing with uh, Alex Benegas because mm -hmm. i'm so particular about lyrics and yeah. and you you guys like it's not that you guys sit out lyrics entirely, but you know that, oh, well, I'm going to make little adjustments here and there and yeah, all those, yeah, like, yeah. whatever. And and nobody minds. Like, nobody minds that that's how I need to, like, mm -hmm. the approach. So you know yeah. how writers can be in for your your project. I, I don't know. I think it's it's exciting. I'm excited yeah. to see it. Oh, you know? thank you. Yeah, um, I'm I'm super excited. It's, it's also fun to get to start to work with artists, or sorry, with writers that I didn't really work with before because, you know, I wouldn't necessarily go into a session and work with another, you know, pure, pure songwriter. Pure writer, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, this will yeah. be for pitch. Pitch to who? Yeah, I know. Is, oh, my God. It's the worst. I hate doing that We now. call it pitch purgatory or pitch yeah. hell. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, whenever it's like, yeah, oh, we're going to write with another writer today. For us? Just to write. Whatever. Like, just oh, to write. Yes, that song's ever oh, dear. coming yeah, out. <laughs> it's almost like, I feel like we, we we came into the industry like right at the end of where pitching was even remotely a viable option yeah. for yes. people. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and, and which sucks because like, yeah, when we, when we came in, you you were having things like Without Me or like things like that, like yeah. songs that did well off yeah. the pitch. Um, and, you know, pitching obviously still happens. But I think that, uh, uh, you know, if you're not published or whatever, yeah. uh, good it's, luck. I think increasingly yeah. people are gravitating towards the Billy Phineas, Stan Nigro, Olivia model yeah. of like finding really close circles of collaborators and yeah. building a project that's like really super duper special and you build up a, a vocabulary and a chemistry and you give yourself 
you know, potentially 100 to 200 bad songs before you find the five that are super cool. Like, yeah. I think that's like oh, that's even, so much That's better. even like, Johnny and Upsall. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You know, like that's with Dwilly sprinkled in there, you know. But like, <laughs> yeah, that's like I, I, we're seeing a lot of that. But you're, I think you're also very much on the on the. Uh, forefront of building communities around yes. around you and other writers yeah. as well. Yeah, and it, it's actually really cool too that with the community of people that I've worked with that I can, you know, ask them to work on stuff for myself mm-hmm. too, which is awesome. And for example, my one of my favorite people on the planet, Jordy, who's mm-hmm. an incredible artist. Friend of the pod. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, like we've we've started writing from for me, which is so cool that I mean, one, he'll give his time to do that. I appreciate and love him so much for that. Um, but it's just cool to just work with my friends and and come from a very authentic place with them. Well, I think people like you know, for all we said about risk management, I think that people do understand a certain level of goodwill that comes with being a songwriter because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, so you have uh, you have um, relinquished being in the spotlight. You have relinquished um, being on the stage. You have relinquished certain degrees of, I, I think, ego that like we didn't, we got into music a little bit because of ego oh, because absolutely. we wanted to express ourselves and yeah. everything like that. So I think that once like a writer decides to go down the artist path, everybody who's like been like, wow, like, like, thank you for relinquishing that for a moment. It's like, oh, yeah. how can we help that? How, yeah. can we, how can we be a part? Like, how can we return that? Favor, yes. You know? Yeah, um, totally. And it's, I will say there's something sort of comforting and safe about just being a songwriter. But I think for me, like the best things in my life have come from taking risks and putting myself out there and being vulnerable. And yeah, so I'm, I'm just excited to fully, fully go for it. <laughs> What's really funny. I think I, I ran into you at, uh, at school night yes. um, and mentioned like, I think I rambled all of this to you, like over <laughs> somebody, over somebody performing. Um, but I like, we didn't wind up, I mean, obviously there was this whole pandemic thing, you know, uh, but we, we didn't wind up writing, um, a- after Casper, partly because I, I felt bad, like a- asking to do as ridiculous as as it is. Like I felt bad asking to do another session before putting out the song that we had that oh we gosh. really liked that we had, we had done together. No, that's but, so normal. But it, was one of, it was one of those things too, where like I think every like eight months I would shoot you a text like this song is still happening. I can't I can't, ex- I can't explain to you like why it's taken so long. Yeah, because I don't know why it's taken so long. Right. But it's still happening because that's the thing too. It took us six months to even have the demo, right? Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, like taking it from the and we didn't we didn't mention anything to you over the yeah. six months too because we you know we were going through our shit yeah. and yeah. figuring out like this whole record. I had no pandemic. idea, and I did not take any of that personally. And I, and I totally know that you did it, but but my like like uh you know writer empathy, like my like oh how would I feel as a songwriter or whatever. Like, I know that if an artist, if I liked the song we were writing and then the artist doesn't wind up cut, cutting it, I'm like, all right, whatever. I guess I didn't like, I guess I didn't like the song. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad about leaving you in that place. Oh my God, no, <laughs> not at all. That is just like a normal part of writing. Of and course. Yeah, of course. but, but yeah, I appreciate you thinking about that. <laughs> well, every, every, again, every eight months I'll be like, this is still happening. <laughs> and in my head, I, in my head, I'm just like, I'm just like. At a certain oh, no. point, like like this is this is the boy who cries wolf, the boy who cries Casper. Right? Oh, <laughs> it is coming out. Well, now we can say it's confidently out. that it yes. is out. It, it is, is out. coming it's out. It's in the world. It is out. Yeah. <laughs> it is released. Oh my gosh! Um, but no, please never feel bad about that, especially mm-hmm. with me. Like I'm so used to, you know, especially that was our first time ever writing together. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have expected to nail it on the first one, but I feel like I'm so happy. We did, and, and yeah, but yeah, it did. I feel like I feel like. Uh, First impressions shouldn't necessarily matter, but uh, we wrote good with Venegas on the first go. We wrote Casper with you on the first go. I feel like that's not a bad track record, like yeah. mm-hmm. of like first, 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 uh, first people, and and how that sort of like reflects the the that collaborative energy. Yeah. So we do have to write with you again. Right? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but the reason I didn't, I didn't ask was because I just I felt oh bad God, for like no. my own neurotic reason. Oh, that makes yeah. me feel bad. I don't want you to feel bad. <laughs> listen, listen. Me feeling bad about things is nobody's responsibility <laughs> but me. I will feel that I have I have felt bad about more things than people have felt about anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um but I mean that's that's obviously such a classic songwriter yeah. thing too. We'll even get some texts from from like folks mm-hmm. that we had no idea and they're like, by the way, the song's coming out in in a month. I'm like, Oh cool. 
Which uh, one? I literally texted Noah. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, that? I know. I think I forgot how Casper went because I don't think I had a voice memo or anything, and I was like, "Oh, I forgot." Okay. <laughs> well, like, we, there's a song. There's something that's, that's coming out in a bit. I'm like, because ah. also it, sometimes it changes so much. Yeah. Over, like as it passes through, like mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like, like yeah. Which part did I write? Or like, <laughs> yeah. What did I do? <laughs> oh God, you know. Uh, and then and then uh, well, and then sometimes the song will co- a song a song will come out and yeah. and it'll be like. I thought I did work on that one. I guess I didn't. I guess yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe people are being fucky with us. <laughs> Whatever. <you know. laughs> being a songwriter, uh, ha, ha, low risk, low reward. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the other thing too. I think I realized like you can, you know, owning the master is a big deal. Sure. So mm-hmm. getting, you know, a piece of that is is great. And for songwriters, that doesn't really happen. I mean, hopefully, it'll start happening with. Yeah, more you know movements. There's people. been a push. I mean, definitely yeah. been a push for. Yeah. Um, but you are you are uh, playing at something interesting too, which is that like, even if you get master points, and even if you get like dollar one master yeah. points, um, uh, if you're working with an independent artist, you you do. I mean, especially now that like Spotify and everything is very much in label pockets, you yeah. do have an upper limit. Yeah. Like maybe the song. Maybe you have twenty percent on a song. I think that that's kind of a fair yeah. thing to have. We've gotten fifty on songs before. We've yeah. gotten five on songs before. Let's yeah. call it twenty real quick. You know, if a song gets a million streams, that's on Spotify alone. That's three thousand dollars. You know, so if you're getting twenty percent of three thousand dollars, that's six hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not going to pay your rent. No, uh, absolutely you know? not. Um, if a song sort of pops off on on TikTok, mm-hmm. that song tends to get even like almost signed somewhat immediately. Yeah. Um, as it sh- should, like that's their that's the artist's bargaining chip. Yeah, they're saying, "Hey, you want this song that's doing so well, and you want to collect the revenue from the song that's doing so yeah. well." Like they're not going to be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I actually like that the song is independent, but let's talk about whatever's coming next." Like, yeah. that's right, that's no. not going to happen on no. these TikTok deals. Never so, so no matter what you're playing at, whatever you've written, like you're either going to get somewhere in the ballpark of five million or, you know, and, and even, you know, even five million, that's what six times five, like that's maybe two months of rent. Yeah. That's 600, 600 times five. Yeah, right. That's uh, $3,000. No. That's yeah, two months of rent in Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not groceries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's if you have a very, I would say a very generous oh, yeah. master point yeah. take yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, Which I, I will say I'm so grateful to you guys for, you know, caring about that uh, with songwriters. That's course, so huge because that doesn't happen all we the actually, time. We actually, uh, we've we been starting to do it for cover artists. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Because um, we we know some folks who have done the cover art. Yeah. Like photographers, artists who have done the cover art for songs that have hundreds of millions of streams. Yeah. And got paid under a thousand dollars as a buyout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they even yeah. had 1%, they would be comfortable, like very comfortable. Yeah. But, you know, uh just that's not the culture. Not so we're the, trying yeah. to trying to do that. But that's all awesome. I'm all I'm playing at is that like if you if you wind up getting the song signed as a songwriter, yeah. one, you're not getting 20 points anymore. You're getting Well, maybe you're getting 20 points cuz that's what you argued with, you know, that's what you negotiated. Yeah, but yeah. then you're but, getting 20 points of artist share. Of artist share, yeah. which, which is the now tw- share of the- Yeah, which is yeah. now 20% of the whatever, <laughs> yeah. even if it's any even if it's dollar one. And then on top of that, if you are lucky, the label pays you out yeah. every 6 to 9 months. Yeah. And you have to chase someone down with a purchase yes. order and you have to go through like, their Where's weird my money? Portal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like you know, and th- and then yeah, th- that that's the, that's the thing. So I do think that being a songwriter now, like, one, I think the labels should, uh, uh, I think that if labels are going to hold on to money for longer than two months, that that are that songwriters should get interest. Ooh, just a thought because thought. you know cool that idea. they're getting interest. Yeah, through their money markets. Mm-hmm. Like, if a label, if a label holds on to a million dollars in a month, if even if they let's say throw that million dollars into a you know. A five percent CD or whatever, yeah. you know, like CD, the uh, 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 like the savings account, yeah, not yeah, like yeah, the yeah. actual physical <laughs> right. CD. If they're throwing that into a, into whatever, like you know that they're getting that five, like five percent or ten percent or whatever interest yeah. they can get from all that money sitting there. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, 
that money's sitting there collecting that interest because they're not paying you on time. Yeah. So why aren't you getting interest? I know. Sorry, that's that's I'm a ranting. great point. No, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, I feel like that would incentivize labels to pay people out on time because they'd be like, we don't want to, we want to hold on to as much money as possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll pay you out immediately. We'll pay yeah. you out every week. <laughs> yeah. I want 1% of interest a day. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Um, also, are, I was just going to say too, like, uh, you know, it makes me so angry because songs wouldn't exist without songwriters. Yeah, that's so. Like you wouldn't be making any of this money without the creator. Yeah. yeah. How did all this start for you? Like where where did the music bug um start? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um my dad's a musician. Oh, He's nice. an amazing sax player mm. and R and B singer. Nice. Awesome. He like toured all over and uh played with like Mick Fleetwood and James Brown what? and uh famously had his uh butt squeezed by Bonnie Raitt at a club. Nice. <laughs> like Very just good. Ran- random crazy things. Um but she he- can she can make him love her. Yeah, right? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he's, yeah, he's, he just toured all over and, you know, is so amazing and talented. And yeah, I think he kind of ignited that spark for me. And like, he would bring me up on stage when I was a little kid and I was like, this is pretty cool. (laughs) Um, but yeah. And then, uh, so I started, you know, doing music lessons, all of that stuff. Were you um, like an instrument based or vocal? Yeah. So I started piano and then I did voice um, when I was about like nine. And then my dad actually pushed me to start doing songwriting and um, got me a songwriting t-shirt, which oh, I didn't so even whoa. know that was like a thing. Like a private songwriting t-shirt? Yeah. Whoa. Which was very cool because really I, cool. yeah, I just like didn't know. I start, I wrote poetry and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Nice. But I just, yeah, I didn't know, you know really how to go about writing a song and um, my teacher Anna Montgomery shout out um, she is amazing and taught me so much and yeah and then basically from there I (laughs) I'd only written like three songs in high school and then I actually got on a tv show when I was yeah 16 what show (laughs) oh my god it's so embarrassing (laughs) it was called majors and minors it was a hub tv network show and it was, yeah, basically I was the oldest person on it, but the youngest was like nine years old. It was, uh, I think 12 of us. And yeah, we were all basically on the show being mentored by the majors and, um, which were like Leona Lewis, okay. uh, Ryan yeah. Tedder, uh, um, I'm blanking on names right now. Um, yeah, but a bunch of different cool people came and mentored us. Avril Lavigne, that was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. That really um, cool. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, so we we did that over a summer and all wrote a song and then performed it. Did it be watched and, anywhere? <laughs> oh my God, yes, on YouTube. It's so embarrassing. Yes. Incredible. Um, yes, it's so embarrassing. I will say my name is Emily Cocontis. My last name is insane, so good luck trying to find it. <laughs> <laughs> you can find it, you've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, that happened and I ended up signing a co-pub deal after with BMG and, um, that didn't really pan out the way I thought it would, but it was fine. Um, and I think after that, my parents were like, okay, you can really do this. We'll, we'll let you like go for it. And, um, yeah, I, and then I applied to USC for school for college and, uh, got into the pop music program there and there were only, I think. 28 kids mm. each year accepted. It's really competitive. Yeah. So that was another little just, you know, thing being one of four songwriters that year to be accepted. I was like, okay, I think I can do this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that like when it comes to, and a lot of people wonder about like music colleges yeah. and, and stuff like that. Obviously we're, we're Berkeley schmucks. Yeah. But like, I think that there are, I mean, obviously like Belmont and Nashville yeah. and uh, the, the Clive Davis program and NYU and um Berkeley, but then like there are specific uh, classes, like there's mm-hmm. writing for the Hot 100, where if you actually like anthropologically look, yeah. there are a disproportionate number of like successful songwriters and artists that come out of like specific programs at specific schools. Oh, yeah. All around. Mm-hmm. I think the USC program, I mean, that had, you know, uh, Remy Wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Muna. Uh, and, um, uh, was it Lewis the Child? Yeah, they weren't. I don't believe they were in the pop program, but they uh, went to USC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a fun school. It was definitely um, 
I don't know, difficult being as it is, I think just being in LA with other musicians too, being in a, you know, bubble with other people that are insanely mm -hmm. talented and then constantly comparing yourself, figuring out what you're doing and, you know, just being in college. It's a weird time. Mm -hmm. But um, ultimately, I think it was a really great experience. Um, and I got to, you know, we had pop forum on Fridays where legends came and talked to us like Shaka Khan came awesome. um, like, Earth, Wind and Fire nice. like huge people and it's like insane that, that I, I got to take that as a class at, right. at a college like exactly. what? <laughs> so yeah I'm very grateful for the experience um, Were there other yeah. folks in like other folks in your class that are now part of the game as well? Oh yeah um, I'm trying to think I mean my friend Anna Delaria is killing oh, it oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah so she yeah was in my class as well um, Blue Eyes is Katie Stump cool um, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah another artist mutuals on TikTok yeah yeah <laughs> and then um, yeah there's I mean there's been lots of people and also a lot of the my classmates are big in the touring world so my my roommate Camila um, is touring with like Olivia Rodrigo oh, she played with Julia Michaels um, she, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of people just killing it in the touring world too. Cause I think our, our, our program was very performance based. So sure. it's a lot more about that, which I'm also grateful now doing artist stuff that I have those performance have skills those, yeah. <laughs> under Definitely. my belt. So yeah. Well, and also just like having, uh, I think, I think people, you know, when you're, when you're in the, in the production world, um, but also when you're in the artist world, like being able to just know what instrumentalist to call at any point yeah. is yeah. huge. Like if we just need like a violin and a cello and a guitar on something, like yeah. we know who to call right now. Totally. You know, like cause, cause Berkeley and LA yeah. and all that, all that, uh, did you jazz. feel like, <laughs> did you feel like every, a lot of, or maybe everyone from Berkeley kind of came here after or, kind of dispersed for the most it was part. here in nashville or new york yeah, yeah. And, and i think a lot of people who moved to nashville were there for a couple of years and then moved out yeah, here as yeah. well um uh but new york is still burgeoning like still new york yeah now as well it's, yeah you know new york it's is new york. flopping like a fish <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i say that as a new yorker i can say that if anybody, gets, <laughs> if anybody says that the music industry in new york is 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 not happening i will i will be angry but i will be the first to sort of say that it's yeah harder than, than <laughs> la i think you know yeah um but yeah i mean a lot of folks definitely came out here yeah. and, and anytime i go on facebook all the people who i never was really close with but just added because i was like in the same year of them at berkeley yeah. i'll see like oh so and so is on tour with lady gaga it's like i don't even yeah. know who you were but it's like it like yeah so much of the berkeley performance track is like like filters really heavily into the highest levels of the touring. Yeah. Industry. Okay. It seems very similar. With I also feel like everybody knows Olivia Rodrigo's band. Oh like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like Haley on drums. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Ariana on guitar. Like yeah, I think everybody yeah, yeah. just knows the yeah, band. Yeah. Because they they were playing with everybody who was doing like Madame Siam. And yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. There's nothing quite like just like coming up with your peers as well. Yeah. I'm now realizing that maybe we did. You know, I mean, we met through Johnny Shore, but I think I might have met even. Johnny or whatever through Anna and all them. Yeah. So it, oh, all, nice. it all just it's all small world. It's all small world. <laughs> yeah. Um totally. But yeah, every everybody knows somebody. And there's always like these funny little connection points where it's like, oh, I saw both of you, you know, and then you guys wouldn't meet for another three years or like whatever, yeah. you know, in the same day yeah. or like whatever, you know. But um that's cool. So you were here, you were songwriting, yes. you know, and uh what was some of the first uh, like wins you you felt in the yeah. songwriting um, department. I think the biggest one would be I had a song with Johnny actually and um and Will, Will J and Katie Stump. Um, we wrote a song for Grace Vanderwall that was right. in a Paramount movie, oh, that's cool. which was really cool. Right. And I think you know just seeing the song that you know Johnny and Katie and I initially wrote it just on a, a boat we were like <laughs> so random we were doing a writing retreat in Newport Beach oh and, that's nice yeah and took like a break and Johnny was like I'm gonna bring the ukulele let's just goof <laughs> around for 30 minutes and then we're that. like okay so yeah he started just playing something on the ukulele and then the song Hideaway just kind right. of came out and I think Johnny will say this to, to this day that I didn't really take it seriously at first because I was like this is a silly song about like being kids and being carefree and stuff. And I was like, okay, whatever. But then hearing it actually tracked and we had Will J sing it, who's amazing. Um, and he helped, yeah, finish writing it with us. And hearing that come to life, I was like, oh wait, this song is really special. This is actually <laughs> really cool. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's something to say that uh, the best songs will just kind of pour out of you. Yeah. And 
you know, if you have to sometimes I think really working at something, maybe great songs can still come too. But I think there's something just magical when it just suddenly comes to life and is just pouring out of you. Well, I think even stuff that you write, maybe not fully like this is a serious song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can like, I think the songs that I've listened back to that I've like really kind of cut deep for me. I'm like, oh, you were like maybe joking around or maybe kind of distancing yourself from a certain subject. Uh, but now, now that you're looking back, I'm like, oh, you were like you, me in the past, whatever. We're totally like feeling this certain yeah. way. And I only know that kind of in, in retrospect. Um, yeah. And so now you are doing the artist. Thing. Yes. I am um, figuring all that out as right. we speak. <laughs> Cause I, I first even realized that from the tritonal song. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I was doing like DJ features as kind of like a, let's test the waters and see how this yeah. goes. <laughs> well, that's another thing too. Like I think uh, like we, you know, we know a lot of, folks who were in the writing track who then, oh, well, let's do the feature. Because yeah. sometimes the DJs like that voice more than, yeah. you know. I think also a big, I don't know, a big thing I kept hearing from people when I was just working as a writer um, would be like, wow, your voice is just great. Like mm, yeah. they wanted to hear more of my voice. And I was like, I like my voice too. I think maybe <laughs> it should be out in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were actually, when we, when we were finishing up Casper, we were... We loved on the demo you doubling, doubling like the second chorus. Oh, cool. um, I think we, I think we got a little bit of that from like the acapella and the higher vocal. Yeah. Like the high, higher vocal yeah. I mean, there. ultimately there's like 20 people singing. Yeah. But a big push was because you sounded so good in that, oh, in that space. Yeah. <laughs> like very ethereal yeah. and all that. Yeah. All that jazz. But um, yeah, I think it's also just like a good kind of like artist soft launch because, yeah. you know, definitely. Uh, you you're starting your artist career with you know two million streams yeah a hundred something yeah listeners hundred thousand something yeah listeners under your belt you yeah know, which like already it's like oh cool so now welcome yes <laughs> you know like because i think a lot of being an artist as opposed to a songwriter a lot of being an artist because being a songwriter is convincing a friend or convincing yeah. a label or convincing somebody to kind of low risk, mm -hmm. spend some time, you know, and that's not time is valuable, but it's not like the the be all end all of value. Like if you you know if you get one good song from ten sessions, you're kind of in a good you're having a yeah. good year. Yeah. So I, it's a little bit low risk. When you're an artist, you have to constantly be convincing labels or yeah. Spotify or this or that that you are worth uh, interest or worth. Yeah anything so having those numbers from the jump is is very like as superficial as maybe or whatever it's yeah it's very important yeah totally you know? that's one of my, my major takeaways from the uh the sad alex episode when she talked about ditching her old artist projects and starting a completely new one that the biggest blessing uh in that journey was having her first song be a feature because yeah. it, it gave her just a platform to start the damn thing yeah and, like, get it going totally yeah, I think I I'm very grateful for that, and I I honestly do really love dance music too. Like <laughs> yeah. it's it's very fun. So um, I'm definitely like I'm not opposed to keep doing more of that stuff too. But yeah, I I think I have a, a little fear of being kind of pigeonholed in that in that yeah, world. That's fair. very valid. Um, but I mean, I I do love it, and it's it's fun because you know you can just write something as a really stripped back, you know, piano vocal, and then someone can make it into this huge thing that didn't mm -hmm. exist so um yeah i i had almost like a, a reverse existential crisis last night um <laughs> uh, like a reverse of this this theme because i uh i don't necessarily love writing e e i mean even, even though i grew up with listening to edm i don't necessarily love writing like house music or like yeah. that yeah. kind of thing um but i've had this experience happen now twice where i'll write what i thought was a ballad yeah. Or like just like, a, you know, a, a kind of maybe piano centric pop tune. Yeah. Right? So in, in, the two I'm talking about are Splinter uh, that I did with Salem Elise. Oh, cool. And Long Shot, which I did with Transviolet. Splinter wound up becoming a house song via Ultra. Like I wrote it Whoa. as kind of a piano ballad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Mern took it and, and did a great job with it. Yeah. And, you know, Ultra, you know, and it's and it's doing pretty well That's like it's awesome. gotten a couple, couple million streams long shot i wrote as a piano ballad mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah with transviolet 
Mount Pleasant did a house remix of it. What? And the house remix is getting twice as many, has now twice as many streams. As oh, I, didn't, wow. I didn't know it was doing that well. It is their second most popular song. That's so interesting. Wow. It's so good though. It's, I mean, That's it's so an incredible crazy. remix. Incredible remix. But yeah. I'm having this, I'm having this like existential crisis of like, should you be doing Should this? I be writing yeah. house music? <laughs> well, no, but I, I, think, I think the thing of that is, is it's like, I think. Uh, I took a pill in Ibiza. Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's yeah. that like, there, there's a kind of subgenre of the house top line that is, the really heartfelt, really interesting, well-written piano ballad yeah. that then gets punched up yeah. by its production. Which I mean, I took a I sometimes I think about it, I took a pill in a visa. And it and it wigs me out because it is so it's almost this little paradox of a song because the the song is so sad and so like almost scathing for EDM culture a little bit too. Yeah. Mm. That's the part that I think is really funny about it is that it's like the song is so sad that it's almost hilarious how dancey it became. And yeah. almost like a lack of self-awareness of like what the song is actually saying. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. The, 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 it's because the it's, it's almost very t- like prescient, like TikTokable. The first line yeah. is so hooky and so funny that the rest of it, you just get carte blanche to just like, you don't really care about the yeah. fact that Mike Posner is actively having an existential crisis about his career in front of you. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because the beat's really fun. Like, yeah, totally. Know, like really but yeah, my, my existential crisis last night was like, should I just been writing house music this whole time? Because <laughs> here I am writing these ballads that people are like, you know what? We love your ballads. You want to know what would make them even better if they weren't ballads? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. I had a... a uh, interesting thing happened with um there was a song that i wrote that lay youth ended up taking and doing a thing and it's like doing amazing it's like 10 million streams and stuff wow. um but uh yeah it was like a pop song that he totally just like took apart and like <laughs> took all these little random pieces and then just like was like here's this thing and i'm like okay and i, I really loved the original song but <laughs> it is kind of interesting to see you know how something you imagine being one way can be just transformed mm-hmm. into something else that actually does well so i think my dream and what also may wind up being uh a kind of like in a uh, sleeping lion and a, a, a sleeping lion inevitability i almost said sleeping lion nft <laughs> oh, no. oh you should be doing those <laughs> oh god that's a whole that's another podcast yeah. um maybe uh, <laughs> the <laughs> you can't let go of that. oh my god you ever, you ever just have like eight thoughts just try to leave the highway of your brain? <laughs> <laughs> Merging onto the same exit. <laughs> I think a sleeping line of inevitability is that like one of our uh, choruses or something gets like sampled in a rap song yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know sick. it's in like, like 20 years and like 20, literally <laughs> 20 years we get like the birdie treatment oh god yeah <laughs> i'd love the birdie treatment yeah. um yeah i mean like obviously like that happened with nine inch nails for you know old town road yeah um but no you've already had that experience a little bit yeah <laughs> i guess that kind of already happened to me I, I wrote a song called love the ocean which is like really sad soft like like folky yeah like very sad ballad, yeah like uh, kind of when not Production wise, not so much, but like when the party's over, levels of just like that's kind of a bummer, isn't it? Like when you listen to it, but beautiful song <laughs> with Amelia Ali. Yeah, and then it got sampled as like kind of an upbeat. Yeah, it got sampled uh, by this band Easy Life as kind of cool. like a fun beachy, summery <laughs> Mac, Mil- <laughs> Mac Millery like like British low key like hip hop pop song. Wow! Um, and it was their it was their second most popular song for a really long time. Like it that's did really awesome. well. We should we have just been doing this the whole time? <laughs> Cut the middleman. <laughs> I think I think those are some of the most rewarding experiences in songwriting, though, because it's like art creates more art. Yeah, it's it's yeah. that thing of like we, we all kind of have this mantra of like once you're once you're done with it, once you've released something, it's out of your hands. Yeah, and the best you can hope for it is that it has this weird, interesting, fun life outside yeah. of what you could have expected for it. So it's really rewarding when totally. when those things do happen, and like you know you, this this very concentrated month or a couple months of work you put into something then comes back a year later, two years later, yeah. in completely unexpected ways. And 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 apart from, you know, the, the money in the cloud, just the like pure human aspect of like the song has continued to touch people yeah. in different ways is so powerful. I feel that about TikTok right now with songs popping off that have been around for years and yeah. stuff. It's so crazy to, to see things coming back around and blowing up. I had the thought recently, like I was, uh, I forget precisely in what context, but I was thinking about like, 
I was thinking about songs to cover for TikTok and I was thinking about like, you know, songs from the early 2000s, but I was like, yeah. oh, I could also cover some more modern songs. Yeah. Like, and then I had the thought, Lost by Frank Ocean. And then I went, no, that song came out almost 10 years ago. I think it's modern because it's trending on TikTok. And I'm yeah. like, that's a crazy little like loop so that my brain weird. just did. Yeah. On our sort of lowest days, yeah. Noah and I will often say to each other that nothing's wasted. Mm. And I think that that is um, a, a kind of a fun comfort in what we do because yeah. like we we put out these songs. We don't know how they're going to do. We don't know who they're going to hit or when they're going to hit somebody. You yeah. know, like these songs are are constantly every day i mean we sneer at like oh god like we got three thousand you know streams today fuck like we're not doing so well you yeah. know <laughs> but like that's three thousand iterations of yeah. like it hitting somebody somewhere doing something totally. and so and it's also for us like no matter what when no matter what happens in our life like we all did Casper together. Yeah. Like we could all be 80. Yeah. You know, and we still like did this together. Yeah. You know? Even if we haven't spoken for 40 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like this is a part of our, you know, our, our history and something we've we've learned from and everything like that. And yeah. so it's like, you know, we had one of our first songs that and it was a song that like we felt really weird about. Yeah. We had it get covered by an by the acapella group that winds up on Casper. Oh my god. And it's one of those things, you know, we say nothing's wasted because here's the song that we did think was a waste. Yeah. The song that we thought was, oh, this is our first song. And it was a mistake that it was our first song. Maybe it was a mistake that it even existed. Yeah. And then this other group had a creative experience around it and performed yeah. it and then and, and recorded it and put it out. And then because of that, we met them and we collaborated with them yeah. for Casper, for Wine Drunk, and started this friendship, you know, with them that then inspired how we appro even approached. Yeah future projects. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like that, I think no matter what you do, uh, the only waste is if you think it's a waste. Mm -hmm. And even thinking it's a waste isn't a waste. Yeah. Because that's a lesson unto itself too of, of you know, that low can be used. You know, yeah. that low can be recycled and felt yeah. and written about and everything like that. So yeah, um, it's true. a little overwhelming, but like you're in the entire tapestry of your life and, and your creativity is your is yours yeah, you know is absolutely. my my thesis <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i i think going back to like affecting you know if even if it's just one person it's yeah. so amazing to to feel that um when i was yeah one of my like my third song that i wrote when i was in high school um was mother's rose garden it was the song that i wrote about um it was in, inspired about my aunt and uncle's divorce and it was like very emotional and yeah anyways but it was a song that I just kind of wrote for my aunt because I wanted to make her feel special and it was a song that um yeah I think a lot of people just randomly connected to and I, I remember people started covering the song on YouTube and I was like that's so weird like mm -hmm. how just something that I made even even if it was just a few people that like they wanted to to sing it and feel the emotion behind it and, and they connected with it and just knowing that even if we if it's just one person that we affect with what we make it's pretty amazing that's how we're we're connecting with strangers on the internet or on streaming platforms it's like so cool that we can we can do that with people and that, that's one of the reasons why i almost get a little bit upset about like how um like labels oftentimes want a narrative shape. Yeah. Um, and mm. I understand artists, you know, to a degree want to do that too, that, you know, when a song pops off or like when somebody pops off, like they're like, oh, well, your past doesn't exist. Like let's, this is your first single and let's get rid of all these other songs yeah. or whatever. Um, I, I've liked that some artists who have been in that space are like, well, now they're on SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, but some some like art artists will just be like, well, these don't exist. Mm -hmm. um, whereas like take somebody like John Bellion. John Bellion's like, actually, I'm going to put out all of the records I did before the record that did well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, I even negotiated to have 100% of the master rights for him, you know, <laughs> with the label. So, you know, he puts out his collection of like all the songs he did beforehand because I think that there's something very authentic about that. Yeah. And, but also like there are songs that we, we did because we needed money. Like there yeah. are songs that we did that we're not necessarily proud of. Oh, totally. That are up on, on Spotify and whatnot. But I feel like, Every time I've been like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, fuck that experience. Like, we should take this down. We can take it. Like, now we're in a place where we can take it down. I think, well, what if somebody needs that song today? Yeah. Like, what if that, somebody, like, 
that's they're 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 getting up and they're driving to work and that's their pump up song. Totally. And they go to Spotify and they try to find it and it's not there. Yeah. yeah. And then of course my brain goes. And so then they go to YouTube and while they're looking on YouTube, uh, they get into a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> A dark turn. Yeah, I'm like, that's my fault. <laughs> oh my God. I killed a person. So you really got to keep your music on Spotify so people live. <laughs> this is life or death. <laughs> yeah, I think I think in, in a lot of ways, it, it can end up being the bigger flex to say, to, to leave your growing pains up yeah. and to not hide them, to be yeah. like, no, this is my career. Yeah. Like every step that I've made, every choice that I've made, like it's all there. Yeah. And like, it just gets better. Like, yeah. I think that's way cooler than, 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 crafting i mean yeah there's a lot of utility in like crafting the myth of the untouchable perfect effervescent artist that is just effortlessly cool and unattainable but isn't, but but like, isn't that whole pra- practice just to make somebody feel kind of bad yeah right like i think yeah. it's just like, like who's that benefiting yeah who is i feel like it's at least at least for our brand i think it makes yeah. a lot more sense to just be like this is this is it this but, is yeah who we are. i feel like the consumer would be so happy to have so much music if you told me that there was an entire bunny bear record like, you remember what happened when we found out you know like that like volcano choir existed yeah and all of a sudden we had five more bony bear songs yeah. or whatever yeah. like I'll never be upset to find out that there's more music from oh, an artist yeah. that I love. Yeah. I think all it does is it makes makes the label or whatever look like they broke the artist on the first song. Yeah, exactly. And for the entire yeah. artist community, it makes us feel like, well, fuck us with our five records under our belt or whatever, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, so, yeah, but the growing pains are important. Oh, yeah, know? definitely. Um. Though one of the benefits of being a songwriter is that you get to have your growing pains on somebody else's song. Yep. <laughs> Not for the world to see. <laughs> Talking of growing pains. Yeah. You got new stuff coming. Your yes, stuff. Yes. I am very excited. Do you so, know what the first single's going to be? Um, yes, it's actually one I wrote with Jordy and Johnny Shore Hell called yeah. Valley Girl. And it's, yeah, just kind of talking about um, being, you know, I was born in the Valley and then, you know, moved a little bit out to the suburbs, but just being here my whole life, not having lived anywhere else um, and not really feeling like I fit in in L.A. a lot of the time, you know, the the typical, you know, L.A. Instagram girl or whatever, like I just have never related to to sort of that idea. And um, yeah, it's kind of just like me talking about how, you know, this is me. This is who I am. And I'm 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 cool with it. Like this is. Yeah, just. This is me. <laughs> well, I uh, one dream team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> was there a, a kind of line that that inspired the song for you? Like, what? How did you guys sort of come up with it together? I came in that day wanting to write for me, and um, yeah, I think I just I'd written down a bunch of I, I like to write concepts down on my phone or just like little little like one liners and things like that. But I'd always really I, fa- I I think growing up I would be like oh I'm a valley girl but then I would be like no I'm not really though <laughs> but I was born in the valley um but yeah I just I thought I thought that idea was kind of I don't know just interesting because I've, I've never connected to the idea of of being a very you know kind of confident like I don't I don't give a fuck kind of you know girl who's just like this is me I'm like picturing like clueless um yeah you know just uh, As if, yeah, totally. Like I've, I just, I've never been that type of. I thought you were person. an East Coaster. That was my, yeah. yeah, no, totally. I think that's also part of it. When I meet people, they think I'm from like the Midwest or mm. somewhere else. Yeah, so. Oh sure now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like they wouldn't think of seeing me as like an LA native or whatever. Um, so it's yeah. So I, I wanted to just write a song about that as kind of like an intro. I think of of me and. Yeah, I loved writing it with Jordy and Johnny. They're my favorite people. So yeah, it was it was fun. awesome. I have a couple other ones too that I'm really excited about. Um, been working with uh, Sam Creighton and Will J. Great. Yeah. Yay. So I'm yeah, just really excited. It's it's very much, it's just very personal songs about my mental health and like my yeah, just figuring myself out as a person. Um, of that yeah. collection, what's the the one that you're most excited about? Oh man. 
I mean, I'm excited for Valley Girl, but I there's one called Hold On to the Heart that I'm mm. really excited about. That's and fun. it's about basically my whole life I've been obsessed with being in love and wanting to find a person and, you know, just put all of my focus on that. And I've feel like I've given so much of myself away. So it's a song basically to myself saying like, hold on to the heart and feel your, your own love for yourself. Mm. So that's that's awesome. really love, self-love. So <laughs> yeah, I, I find uh, that like, like when we first started out when I was uh, in high school and college and in er- early 20s, a lot of I loved listening to breakup songs. Like yeah. I loved listening to you know, just like the saddest, most like, <laughs> I was good for you and yeah. you left. Same. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've, I've been finding, like, I've been really gravitating towards songs that are a little bit more sort of nuanced about yeah. relationships and life and like yeah. everything like that. Um, and, and even like gravitating towards like pop punk or folk yeah. and stuff that like reflects that, you know? Because I don't think... You know, it's not like breaking up with a partner. It's yeah. living with a partner. And that, yeah. th- that could be equally oh my God, yeah. challenging and heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't think there's a lot of songs about that. It's, yes. it's like you're getting together or you're breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> right. exactly. in, in Those between. are the yeah. two genres of songs. <laughs> yeah. Write. yeah. <laughs> writing the song about how you feel about your career or writing your song about yeah. how you feel about the human experience. Yeah. I love those that still songs. Is like catchy and poppy. Like that's a that's a very, you know a good area to, yeah. to explore, an underexplored area. Writing about existential crises. Yes. You know? yeah. or, is, or, your, or your parents, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. and not just like, I hate my parents. It's like, they tried their, they tried their best <laughs> and I think I'm becoming them and I don't know how to yeah. deal with right, that, exactly. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's just refreshing to write about different stuff like that than yeah. just what is the typical expected sort of thing. And no shade to breakup songs. I oh, think, yeah. I, I think we all need those. need breakup yeah. songs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, I, and I, I, that's the thing too, is that I think folks in high school and college and early twenties are always going to need breakup songs. Yeah. Uh, and I think that like folks in their thirties and forties yeah. maybe have a different sort of like, you know, now you've got reflexive nostalgia or yeah. you've got just like pump up music or, or, or smooth jazz. I don't know what, what, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what they listen to. Um, but there is this interesting sort of late twenties, early thirties demo yeah. that I'm start not I'm not, now I'm a part of yeah I know it's so weird <laughs> and I'm like oh what am I connecting to I'm 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 like I'm connected to like oh you know like I have a puppy I have a partner yeah that's challenging yeah I'm paying my rent getting older and but I'm getting yeah, older getting life and uh, you know I'm I'm getting paid for music but not my music like yeah all right there's pl- there's some yeah. I'm scared of death because I've got yeah. friends who are, you know, people close in my age who have who are, you know, no longer here. Yeah. Like there are things to think about. It's a lot you know? of stuff. You could you can die walking outside your door. <laughs> yeah. We're all breathing in smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I, I yeah, feel like exactly. the pandemic really like brought a lot of that out for people too. I mean, at least for me with my writing, like y- you know, we were just so caught up in everyday life for, for a while and then you know, everything was changing and, and shit got real. That's why I like, yeah, I like hold, hold on to the heart because yeah. it's it's like, you know, talking about relationships, but not necessarily in the way that we talk about them. Yeah. We talk about like how we can be the, our best, our best selves. Yeah, um, totally. You know, uh, not in the context of like necessarily getting over things. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. totally. Um I don't think you necessarily need trauma to grow. I think you sometimes need like a little sunlight and water. Yeah. You know? Or like well, plants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just, we're, all just, we're all just living living yeah. organisms. <laughs> yeah. As much as we bellyache and bemoan it, so much of being an artist, like creating an artist project as opposed to other creative pursuits is building a brand yeah. and creating, you know, your 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 marketing and your aesthetic. Uh, I was going to ask, where are you in that journey? Mm. Are you like a, are you a very, have you have like mood boards and Pinterest boards? Oh, yes. Or are you, okay. Oh my God, <laughs> I've been saving away lots of boards, <laughs> lots of uh, inspo. Um, definitely like I'm, I'm not someone that's just like, I don't give a fuck about whatever. Like I'm not that person. I'm right. the more like kind of a little bit more shy, a little more introspective. So definitely kind of, leaning into stuff like that. Um, but I'm I'm trying to, I think also, you know, write music that's fun and, and happy too to, to give myself that own sort of joy. So with that, with all that branding and stuff, like trying to just bring bring that into it too, not so like dark and, and yeah. sad and emotional, more of the like, I don't know, 
bringing life and, and color and things. Yeah, just that. lightness and yeah. color. I like that. Yeah. I think there's so many like sad girls and sad boys. I'm like, yeah. I want one flower child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. I mean, I'm definitely a sad girl too, so I shouldn't yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, but, no, 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 and there's no. songs like that too, but. <laughs> I think I'm trying to to I don't know find a middle ground. Even aesthetically too, like I do love like Maisie Peters aesthetic. Yes, that's mm-hmm. definitely the vibe she, I'm going. She writes for. sad songs, but there's a brightness to like yeah. her like photos. And yeah, her, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. I just simp for Maisie Peters. Too. <laughs> She's amazing. I love She's her. So good. Yeah. Also, like Secret, like that yeah. love. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. That. yeah. Lord's um, butt. <laughs> Lord's butt. Yeah, that's true. Lord's really in her butt era. <laughs> We love uh, a good butt era. <laughs> I think I think we're in our our uh, uh, AI uh, generated uh, art era. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I still can't get over that you guys made made the art. We, we had to. We yeah, had to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. You know, for for those in listener land, we uh, all the sort of promo art for Casper. The actual the actual art for Casper was done by our old college roommate uh, Peter Sauter. Oh, cool. But we had that that picture, but we also knew that like. Uh, you know, we don't have managers anymore. So we we had to do a lot of things on our own yeah. and trying to figure out. And Noah finds this AI program called Starry AI and you type and you type in, you know, ghost painting apartment cafe and it makes an original piece of art that looks exactly kind of like the aesthetic that we're trying mm-hmm. to it's very cool. So crazy. To mess with. So we got very lucky in that design. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so cool. We're smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let the robots uh, take our jobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're, <laughs> we're tough time to be a visual artist between robots taking your jobs and NFTs stealing your work. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess God. it's happening with us too. I mean, just tell me, somebody tell me when we when we can quit and just build a cabin. <laughs> so I, I will. I will work until until we literally can't. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just waiting for somebody to be like, "It's over. You're pack done. it up." Yeah. Oh my you're, god. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> we fed an AI a uh, hundred Nate Flax songs, uh, so now it can. Uh, I'm like, my AI will write with your AI. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god. That's that so would be funny. insane. Oh my god. That would god. be crazy though. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Wow. I really hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> my, my AI would just have so many fucking puns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. The, the AI would be like generally, genuinely an insufferable writer. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's the thing. I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm all for, I believe an AI could write lyrics that because they pull from an entire canon of human emotion. Yeah. Can inspire human emotion. Even the little bit of research that I've done into AI written lyrics some of them have made me go like in a sort of abstract, like Bonnie Vare kind of way. It's like, well, that doesn't strictly make sense, but it makes me feel something. I'm totally confident that AIs can pull it off. Wow. I don't know. Philosophically, this is a larger discussion. I don't know if, if we will ever get to the point where an AI could pull off a pop culture reference. Oh, I yeah. feel like there's something about that that requires a level of like uh human awareness i think yeah. like i think there's a beating heart to making a pun whatever you say luddite <laughs> i could be wrong i'm, I'm ready to be wrong on that but i ha- have, fun the, have fun in the stone age <laughs> oh my god i don't know i think i because i think yeah. i don't know i think there's something i think there's something very human about making puns i feel like that that yeah. puns it's it's a in linguistics it is a it is a marker of an advanced or a fully formed language yeah. wordplay is like that's the final stage of language development sure but we also came up with puns. <laughs> and we also can't do math on a calculator. <laughs> so Isn't that so sad? I feel like I constantly have to do that. I'm j- I am just saying, like, like it is I, I, I'm not like an AI person. I, yeah. I think that I actually genuinely think the metaverse is a little bit stupid and I won't go into it. Um, <laughs> but like I it's just uh, like I've I've been playing video games for a long time. Yeah. Like video games are awesome. Whatever. I'm not going to go into this. <laughs> this is a big tangent. I love it. You ever have all the cars in your brain <laughs> trying to exit the same highway? Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every time I try to bring up anything that has to do with Web3, my brain just breaks. breaks. Like, ah. But um, I don't think that there's going to be an area that like AI can't do. Mm-hmm. I think that the bigger questions obviously about like ethics are important or bigger questions around like 
how do we get something that can do everything to do what we want it to? Yeah. Um, but I don't like I I don't think that puns are as complicated as we like to believe they are. Yeah. Or pop culture is as complicated as we like to believe it is. Like we already have AIs picking out important aspects of pop culture to feed to magazine writers. Mm. Right. Or like whatever. But we are anyway. still the people creating pop culture. Uh, of course. I'm skeptical of the paradigm shift where we are where humans are no longer involved in yeah. the creation yeah. of pop Well that culture. that's like I said, I think that I think that there needs to be a Noah robot and I think that there needs to be a Nate robot. Like I think there <laughs> needs to be a robot that is capable of um doing everything mm-hmm. and a robot that we specifically teach to reflect what we want out of it. Mm. Mm. It's like us. Yeah. Yeah. That is so trippy. <laughs> my brain cannot understand. I just want to be able to see my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're so close. Yeah, yeah, I know. Seriously, I want to see my dreams. Oh my god, record my dreams. Yeah, yeah. Post it on Instagram. Yeah. I'll sell my dreams as an NFT. Oh my god, uh, isn't that what we're doing? I mean, yeah. Is that what's already happening? <laughs> On that Um, note, (laughs) here's what you do. Every night, you record your dreams in one sentence. You feed that dream to Starry AI, and then you post each one as an NFT collection. Fuck, that's good. Fuck, that's good, though. Oh, my gosh. Okay. On that note... (laughs) Emma, are you ready for the question round? <laughs> the question round. Oh, I, yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. <laughs> what is your phone background? Oh, it is a picture of my boyfriend and I in Jackson Hole, Wyoming Aww. at a wedding. <laughs> he's a, he's an artist in yes. his own right. Yes. He's an amazing pianist, um, writes beautiful piano um, music. And yeah, if you're ever looking for chill, you know, music to calm me down fall asleep it's it's a go-to his name's alex bh shout out alex bh yeah we did one of axelman store's uh lullaby clubs together yeah so he actually played piano while i was reading a poem oh my gosh that's (laughs) so cool oh my gosh i love that uh do you have a non-musical hobby Mm. i weirdly love like interior design i don't know if you can call that like a hobby oh we would call it okay So I, I weirdly like How watching. How do we do it the downstairs since you last oh, saw us? Oh, great. <laughs> I love it. Um, yes. I love watching like house tours or like apartment. Yes. Videos. I'm obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> I love watching that stuff. And then I. I love limes. I love limes so much. And I love to display them in my house. Yes. Like this. <laughs> God oh my god yes <laughs> but I, I just like yeah i'll just lust after their beautiful homes and things mm. they have and then yeah i i tend to love to buy new things for my apartment and yeah which isn't great for my bank account but it's fun for me good for the brain <laughs> yeah and it comes back yes it comes back in happiness yes totally on to the most important question the most oh, important ooh, question. okay very important question okay would you be a pirate sorry fuck off i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm, sorry. I'm off are you kidding me <laughs> I looked out of my phone for one second and you get you take the question. All right. Oh my God. All right. All right. All right. All right. Would you be a pirate? Like we fucking rehearsed. <laughs> absolutely. I had a deep obsession with Captain Jack Sparrow nice. as when I was younger. Oh, yeah. And I would absolutely love to. Very good. <laughs> so funny. No further question. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm we so usually funny. ask it in that in a kind of tennis tennis way. <laughs> so I'm like, how dare you? That's so funny. Um, I just got I got overzealous because they're trying to do a lightning round. Yeah. Um, next question. Okay. Uh, do you have any tattoos? I don't. I don't have any tattoos. Do you want them? What's what was, do you got maybe, any ideas about tattoos? Maybe one day. I feel like I'd do something kind of personal, like my mom or dad's handwriting mm-hmm. or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm a little. I have too much anxiety, I think, to have something permanently on my body. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. Um, what was the first concert you ever attended? Oh, my gosh. Um, Alicia Keys at the Hollywood Bowl. Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. That's I will fun. add, though, it doesn't really count, but I think it's a kind of a, a maybe cooler one. Um, I was in the womb and went to my parents went and saw Prince, and apparently I danced all night long. So oh, that's really I feel fun. like that would be cool. <laughs> I, have that, I have that with... Uh, with rent, my parents are rent. Oh, oh man, yeah. oh, nice. I was pregnant. <laughs> that's how. That's how you know that uh, the Noah 
uh, and I was younger than me mm-hmm. because I was born the day that Rent came out. Whoa, yeah. that's cool. Do you have a scar with a story? I don't know if I have a scar, but I, I feel like I have a little bump on my head <laughs> when I <laughs> flew off the handle over the handlebars of my bike when I was in like fifth or fourth grade. Um, and yeah, I feel like my just my forehead never has felt the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really annoyed. I, I don't know if I've, I've probably told this story on the podcast like many seasons ago, but I, I um, got pushed by my dog into the the uh, like a big stone stair. Oh, God. hit me where it got a huge gash in my forehead. And the biggest my biggest takeaway from that was not like because the scar kind of like is like above my hairline. You can't really see it. Yeah. The biggest thing that hurt me the most was that I didn't have a cool Harry Potter scar. Like if I'm going to get my forehead gouged open, I should at least get a cool Harry Potter scar out of it. But I got none of the fun of it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you got screwed. Really got what, a, what a waste. What a waste. <laughs> what are three thoughts you have at this very moment? At this very moment. Ooh. Um, I just feel very comfortable and I'm feeling very lucky to get to just sit here and chat with you guys. And um, I'm a little tired and... Um, I'm hung- I'm hungry. There you <laughs> that's go. The, the, the three things. <laughs> that's, that's a classic. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a classic. And lastly. And lastly. What are you looking forward to? Mm, um, my birthday's coming up in a couple weeks. Ooh, so I'm excited for that. Got fun plans. Um, I don't really know quite yet. I think probably just getting together with some friends, which love would love to have you guys. Um, mm-hmm. We'd love to be there. Yeah. Um, turning 27, which mm. is going to be hopefully a good year. So, yeah. Oh, God, I'm doing that in January. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> everybody, everybody be careful. Um, it's so nice to have you on so the podcast. We're here. so excited for your artist project Thank coming. You. Very uh, so Thanks, grateful guys. for Casper finally being yes, out so mm-hmm. in the world. Yes. Um, and, and here's to being artists. Here's to trying to build a community and making the musical landscape a better place for writers and artists yeah. and to hopefully writing very soon. Yes, in the I would love that. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. We would like to thank Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.